0: A common theme among Democrats today is that anything Donald Trump does, they must oppose, leading to this really weird circumstance where Donald Trump is in favor of stopping violent riots. I'd imagine most people are. And the Democrats are actively supporting violent riots. Now, of course, in the press, they'll say peaceful protester. And the Democrats will say they're simply exercising their First Amendment rights. But that doesn't change the fact that video exists of these ongoing riots. And it doesn't change the fact that the riots have been ongoing for nearly two months since the end of May. There have been violent riots across this country. Now, of course, they peaked in early June. They've calmed down quite a bit, but they're still ongoing. We had a state of emergency declared in Georgia. We had a state of emergency declared in Utah only in the past couple of weeks. And in Portland, they're on like night 53 of ongoing riots. When Donald Trump deployed federal officers to quell the riots, He got attacked by basically every Democrat. Okay, not every single one, but a lot of them, including Nancy Pelosi, who referred to federal agents as stormtroopers. The media said that he was out of control, and some senators said this was an occupying army. Well, here's the trap. The federal agents then retreated back inside the federal building last night. And what do you get? more videos of violent riots throughout the street and the Democrats refusal to condemn this. I don't know if it's a trap set by Donald Trump or if it's just good luck. The Democrats are going to oppose literally everything he's doing, even if it makes sense. But now Donald Trump his administration at least is suggesting they're going to deploy more federal troops to other cities. In fact, the president of the Chicago Police Union has specifically requested aid from federal authorities. And in Portland, we have some police officials condemning the politicians for basically condoning the ongoing riots. It would seem that the police do want help. Why? It's not just about the violent riots. It's also about a rise in violent crime. Even the New York Times says straight up, it's a weird year. Violent crime is down, but murders are on the rise for whatever reason. So we definitely need help getting a hold on this crime and violent riots. It is a fact that when protesters engage peacefully, when they demonstrate peacefully, it helps their cause. And when they get violent and riots break out, it hurts their cause and it helps the Republicans. So why would the Democrats be in favor of these riots? Maybe their only option is to play the PR game. And getting out in front of this, saying they're just peaceful protests is their only option. But the videos exist. I can only imagine that in the next few months, there's going to be a wave of videos showing these violent riots, which just happened last night. A police precinct was set on fire in Portland. They tried to set the federal building on fire again. And the videos are there and the police are upset. And what do we get? We hear that Seattle is going to defund their police by 50%. What do they talk about doing? Well, we're going to fire the white officers first. They say that's not a solution anything. And then we get the media desperately trying to cover for Joe Biden. Even Chris Wallace of Fox News saying Joe Biden doesn't want to defund the police. Yes, he does. He said it. What does defund the police mean? Literally, it means reallocating funding, taking funding away from police. Meanwhile, local activists in New York are straight up saying, no, we need our police back. Crime is on the rise. So as all of these Democrats call or support, at least the protesters calls for defunding the police, it's no surprise now that we're hearing that cops are asking for Trump's help. And that's the main story. Trump official says federal troops may be deployed to other Democrat run cities this week. It seems like we get one of two extremes. Right now you have people decrying the deployment of the Gestapo of Trump's secret police snatching people up off the streets. And you have others on the Trump side saying, deploy more troops. The cops are asking for help. I'm not going to tell you which one is the right one. I'm just going to show you what's happening. But I can say, in my opinion, regular people, they don't like violent riots. And that's why people are buying guns in record numbers. And it's why they're moving out of cities, you know, that and COVID. But I'm pretty sure people are going to be happy that law enforcement is coming on the scene. And I'm going to make a bet that Donald Trump is right on this one. Deploying federal law enforcement officers is going to work out well for him. Let's read the story. But before we do, head over to timcast.com slash donate. If you'd like to support my work, there's many ways you can give. But the best thing you can do is subscribe. Many of you who watch my videos aren't actually subscribe, uh, subscribed. I can see this in the analytics like half. If you really do want my videos to pop up and you want to see them when they're available, please subscribe to this channel and hit that like button. Let's read the news. The Independent reports a White House official said that the Trump administration is planning to send federal troops into several Democrat run cities, mirroring the recent controversial deployment in Portland. White House chief of staff Mark Meadows suggested more federal incursions were on the way during an interview Sunday on Fox News. You'll see something rolled out this week as we start to go in and make sure that the communities, whether it's Chicago or Portland or Milwaukee or someplace across the heartland, we need to make sure their communities are safe. Chicago, Portland and Milwaukee are all run by Democrats. So he didn't actually say Democrat run cities. But to be fair, in an interview with Chris Walls on Fox News, Trump said it's all the Democrat cities. So, yeah, they're going to do it. But come on. Big cities are run by Democrats for whatever reason. Not every single one. You know, San Diego, I believe, is run by Republican uh, by a Republican. And I don't think they're having serious problems. I mean, not that I can tell or not, not that it's in the news. Let's read a little bit more. Donald Trump was less subtle about his intentions during his own interview Sunday on Fox News. Mr. Trump said that he was sending government troops in to stop the violence in Democrat-run cities. Federal troops have already been deployed in Portland, where they've been skirmishing with protesters in increasingly violent incidents. A video widely shared over the weekend showed a largely unidentified federal officer whisking a man who appeared to be a protester off the streets and into an unmarked van filled with other federal officers. In another video, a federal officer attacks a peaceful protester, with a baton. If they're referring to that man who's standing amid tear gas and fires, can we drop the pretense? Peaceful protester. It's going to be a trademark for the Democrats. That's the narrative they're going with. Why? I think they have no choice. Now, Donald Trump's been, they've requested that he pull his federal agents, the the, uh, DHS officers out of Portland, and he's refusing, in fact, suggesting or or literally (laughs) sending more officers in claiming Oregon's leaders were, were scared crazy as he threatens to do something in Chicago and New York. And it seems like that's absolutely the case. But let me tell you why. It's not just about riots. The New York Times Upshot says as of July 13th this has been updated. It's been such a weird year that's also reflected in crime statistics. In large cities across America, murders are up sharp, sharply while other violent crimes have decreased this is the issue we're facing. Violent crimes may be down. Petty crimes may be down. But for some reason, shootings and murder has gone way up. If, th- if they're going to defund the police and it's literally what they're doing in Seattle, in, in Portland, in uh, Minneapolis, then what do you think is going to happen? People will become emboldened to go out. But more importantly, one of the reasons I think we may be seeing an, up- uh, an uptick in murders potentially has to do with conflicts and rage and pent up anger over covid. But also because of the riots. When police are spread too thin, then opportunists take advantage. That's probably why we saw so much looting early in June. People knew that the violent riots pertaining to George Floyd gave them an opportunity to go and do whatever they want because the police were without resources, to say the least. But there is, at least in some cities, people, there are people asking for help from the feds. As much as Democrats don't want to admit it, so long as they keep targeting the police, police are probably going to ask for help. We have this story from the Chicago Tribune, Homeland Security making plans to deploy some 150 agents in Chicago this week with scope of duty unknown. Now, this is a whole other ballgame, man. I'll tell you what, as most of you know, I'm from Chicago. Chicago's got very serious gun crime issues, and I'm surprised the feds haven't been deployed sooner to do something about what they call Chirac. There are so many gun deaths in this city. People call it Chirac. Yeah, because it's worse than Iraq, worse than a war zone. The Tribune reports the U.S. Department of Homeland Security is crafting plans to deploy about 150 agents to Chicago this week. The Chicago Tribune has learned a move that would come amid growing controversy nationally about federal force being used in American cities. The Homeland Security Investigations, or HSI agents, are set to assist other federal law enforcement and Chicago police in crime fighting efforts, according to sources familiar with the matter though a specific plan on what the agents will be doing had not been made public. One city official said the city was aware of the plan, but not any specifics. The Chicago Police Department had no immediate comment. But this may have something to do with Chicago's largest police union making the request. They say that a letter had been sent to Trump asking for help from the federal government in putting a lid on crime in the city. Quote, I am certain you are aware of the chaos currently affecting our city on a regular basis now. John could. Katanzara, president of the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 7, wrote in a letter that was posted on the FOP's Facebook page. I am writing to formally ask you for help from the federal government. Mayor Lightfoot has proved to be a complete failure, who is either unwilling or unable to maintain law and order here. They say so far in 2020, Chicago has experienced one of its most violent years in recent memory, especially since late May with the fallout over the, police, over the death of George Floyd at the hands of police in Minnesota. Through July 12th, homicides in Chicago were up 48%. Shootings were up by 46%. During a 28-day period through July 12th, 116 people were slain in Chicago. That's up from 41 during the same period in 2019. And what do you think the government of Chicago, the Democratic politicians, had to say about this? Thank you, Donald Trump, for coming to help quell the violence. Thank you, Donald Trump, for assisting our local police officers who are in need of aid to stop the violence. No, opponents blast police union president's request that Trump send federal troops into Chicago. More than a dozen Chicago elected officials are pushing back against the police union's president's request to Trump for federal intervention to fight the violence. They mention that the letter was sent. They mention that on Friday night, police clashed with protesters near the Christopher Columbus statue in Grant Park. These riots are everywhere, man, and the cops are saying we need help. What do the local politicians want? You know what, man? I said it before that if the people of these cities keep electing these politicians, then why should any of us outside of these cities care? Now, some people have mentioned that there are good people in these cities who need help and don't agree with the lunatics who would let these violent riots run rampant. Well, then the people of the city who aren't paying attention need to start paying attention. And those who would be upset by this need to speak up. Many of them are. But we still have a big challenge in that if the feds keep bailing out these Democrat run cities, when violence erupts, well, then they'll, they'll never start voting for real reform and real change. They'll keep supporting all of this insanity. But I think Donald Trump may have actually roped them into some kind of trap. You see, Trump didn't need to actually go in with an iron fist and crush the violence. He needed only try. And now that we're seeing over and over again, Democrats literally saying no to policing, what would anyone expect from them? Do you think voting them is going to voting for them will help you? No. Donald Trump has now cleared his conscience. He says, look, we were we were willing and able. We sent in the federal uh, agents and the Democrats got mad. So then what? When they tell you that Joe Biden wants to defund the police, when Trump himself says it and they go, that's not true. No, he doesn't. All they're doing is making themselves look stupid. Because every single time something in the past month has come up, the Democrats have backed down. Don't believe me? Let me show you. They've literally done it. From the Portland Police Bureau. Portland police do not engage crowds during the night. On Sunday, July 20th, 2020, people gathered in front of the Mark O. Hatfield Federal Courthouse in downtown Portland. Hundreds of people stood blocking Southwest Third Avenue, while dozens of others tampered with the fence around the courthouse. At about 940 p.m., people in the crowd breached the fence enough to allow access to the area fenced off. The crowd chanted and pulled at the fence for about 90 minutes. At about 1120 p.m., federal law enforcement came out of the courthouse for a few minutes and attempted to repair the fence, then went back inside. Long story short, local law enforcement were not present. They say Portland police were not present during any of the activity described. Portland police did not engage with any crowds and did not deploy any CS gas. And there it is. The Democrats have repeatedly slammed federal law enforcement, Trump's occupying army, and local law enforcement is being curtailed. They're telling you they will straight up defund the police. Seattle mayor slams 50% defunding of police and announces $76 million budget cut in 2021. When they tell you the Democrats want to take your cops away, they literally mean it. They're doing it in Seattle. They disbanded the police in Minneapolis. And now in Portland, the police are standing down. And when Trump comes in, what do they say? Help, help. I'm being repressed. But these videos will persist, and the people will see it. The Democrats are actively supporting the violence, and I cannot tell you why. I can tell you their priorities, though. Apparently, they want to fire the white cops. That's it. Well, we're going to defund the police. We've got to get rid of some people. So how about they? They, they say, how about we don't fire the black, indigenous people of color? That's what they've said. They didn't. Spe- this woman didn't specific. Is a council member, and the council members have voted to defund the police. She didn't specifically come out and say, fire all the white cops. She did, however, say when we start cutting the budget and have to fire people, we don't have to fire the people of color. That's how they framed it. So what can we expect? A media that will claim Trump is out of control while they'll simultaneously demand that Portland police not engage. So should there be no police during riots? (laughs) Apparently, that's what the Democrats actually want. I wish I were exaggerating, but I'm not. I want to say, like I've said several times, it's a trap. Trump has tricked the Democrats into supporting this insane position. I think they actually support it. Or the media and the Democrats just think they're supporting each other. I honestly have no idea. But if you think regular Americans are going to be happy with this, you've got another thing coming, man. Look at this from Portland. Portland politicians condoned destruction of city, police union boss says from Fox News. Daryl Turner, the head of the Portland Police Association, said Sunday Sunday that city politicians have not acted in the best interest of the city after weeks of violent protests and instead prioritized their own political agenda as the city burned. The elected officials have condoned the destruction and chaos. Turner, who is black, said, according to Oregon Live, they have placed their political agenda ahead of safety and welfare of the of the community. This must stop. The paper reported that Sunday night marked the 53rd consecutive night of protests as city leaders, including Mayor Ted Wheeler, continued to lock horns with Trump for sending federal agents into the city. Trump told Fox News Sunday that the city is being overrun by anarchists. And if the country doesn't make a stand, we're going to lose Portland. Wheeler told NPR on Sunday that Trump's move in Portland is a last gasp effort by a failed president with sagging polling data, who's trying to look strong for his base. He's actually using the federal police function in support of his candidacy. Man, I think these people have lost the plot. I think they are so out of touch. Maybe it'll work. I Honestly, don't know. Maybe people really don't get it. But here's Nancy Pelosi unidentified stormtroopers, unmarked cars, kidnapping protesters, and causing severe injuries in response to graffiti. Graffiti? Like they, they were throwing mortar shell firebombs, they were smashing out windows in Seattle. One officer has been hospitalized for getting mortar shell fragments in his throat and neck. That's graffiti. She says DHS Gov's actions in Portland undermine its mission. Trump and his stormtroopers must be stopped. She goes on to say First Amendment speech should never be met with one sided violence from federal agents acting as Trump's secret police, especially when unidentified. This is disgraceful behavior we would expect from a banana republic, not the government of the United States. Well, I'll tell you what. Some people will buy it. Some people will absolutely believe that those officers were unidentified while they were actually wearing police badge patches and they had DHS patches, I believe, as well. I saw a funny post that argued, what if someone saw those unidentified undercover cops and then shot them in fear? Let me tell you, if you see a vehicle pull up and dudes jump out wearing full tactical gear that says DHS and police on them, I don't know why you would assume they're not cops. That seemingly makes no sense. But the big narrative is that the Democrats don't want to take your police away when we're literally watching it. The Portland Police Association said straight up, the politicians are condoning this. The Portland Police Bureau straight up said we were not out there. So who's out there to do anything about these riots? Nobody. So when they tell you the Democrats want to take your police away, they mean it. The New York Times ran the op ed. Yes, we mean abolish the police. I can't tell you, man. I don't, why Chris Wallace would defend this insanity? Maybe he just doesn't know, and that's the problem with news today. You see, defund the police. That was the first message. What did it mean? It literally meant take away all their money. But then, when Democrats realized it looked bad, they backpedaled. No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. We, we. Sh-. And then they said, defund. No, defund actually means just take some funding away because you know, they're militarized. No, no, that makes sense. Then they said Joe Biden doesn't even want to do that. Yes, Joe Biden said he wants to defund the police from town hall. But let me give you a better example of what's going on. This is my tweet. I said a story in three parts explaining why no one has any idea what the F is actually happening in this country. Because here's the story from the Daily Mail. They said, let's go. Donald Trump furiously orders aides to provide proof to Fox News that Joe Biden wants to defund the police and his staff can't provide any. Then we have the next story. Biden orally committed last week to steering funds away from police, an interviewer asked, "But do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding?" and Biden said, "Yes, absolutely." And then finally, from Brookings, "Defund the police means reallocating or redirecting funding away from the police department to other agencies funded by the local municipality." Well, so there you go, man. When Portland leaders come out begging for an end to the violence, when port- when activists in New York City yell, refund the police, bring their money back. And local community activists say we need our police. You can tell right now the Democrats have no idea what's truly happening in this country. Now, I can't tell you why the polls are wrong. There was a really funny uh, uh, polling metric that came out that said Joe Biden does better on the phone than he does online. And that falls in line with what people have been saying, that when they get called by pollsters, they lie. And thus, Biden, it seems like he's doing well. I'll tell you what, man, I do not believe that you will find anyone who's going to be in the middle of a riot in their community saying this is a good thing. Take a look at what happened at the Chaz. You had a dozen plus or so businesses file a lawsuit against the city. They were not happy with the autonomous zone. Local businesses were complaining That their rights were being suppressed. They couldn't operate. They couldn't get in or out of their buildings. These people were allowed at all hours of night. People who live there were complaining. These people are probably now going to vote for Trump. You know why? Because in Seattle, they set fire to a police precinct the other day. They threw mortar shell explosives at cops. In Portland, they did the same thing. These videos don't go away. While some people perhaps in the suburbs aren't paying attention, I, I wonder, maybe the Democrats might lose portions of cities. I think that would be crazy. I think it's fair to point out a lot of people still just believe whatever it is Democrats say. But those who have been watching the videos, who have been watching and sharing videos like this, know full well exactly what's happening. When the helicopters are flying above your house and the sirens are near your house, it'll be too late. During the outbreak of riots last month, I heard it, I've said it several times, and it's a scary feeling. So how do you explain the people fleeing the cities, buying guns? I think regular people are speaking up because they know they say passel of community leaders, activists spoke outside PPA office and the violence. Let's talk about 15 hours after riders broke into the building that houses the Portland Police Association and set it on fire. A passel of community leaders and activists begged for an end to the violence that has gripped the city for nearly two months. Pastor Matt Hennessy of the Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church began by, quote, begging you to put down your need for violence and meet us so we can move forward. PPA President Darrell Turner gathered leaders and community activists that included Sam Sachs from the No Hate Zone, a state representative and former police officer, and Will Aitchison, who was a lawyer for the PPA, but described himself as a longtime protester. They all provided different raises for being there, but they all agreed on one thing, the violence has to stop. Now, I'll make, I'll make this point very clear for you. They're coming out and begging, begging people to stop. The federal law enforcement officers aren't showing up at Antifa's house. The far left is showing up to the courthouse and besieging it. And then the officers come out in order for this violence to stop. One thing need happen. The far left need stay home. That's it. So whose fault is it? Not the police. So when community leaders are begging for this, but the Democrats blame police and pull the police back, dare I say they have walked into the trap. I don't know if Trump did it on purpose, but man does it work out for him. They say clo- a broken clock is right twice a day. But the Democrats are white le- are right less than that. Why? Because when Donald Trump when he does something it must be wrong. And if Trump tends to be correct, then the Democrats will tend to be wrong. But Trump is wrong not not <laughs> at least not twice a day, right? The Democrats are just wrong almost every step of the way. What 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 does this mean? These activists they're the voters. They're the ones who are going to come out and say the far left won't be stopped. And the Democratic politicians have supported them for far too long. Perhaps we will see the biggest swing to the Republican Party than we've ever seen in a really long time in decades. And maybe not. I could be wrong. Personally, I feel like regular people don't like rioting. But the Democrats and the media have put out this narrative that it's peaceful protests. Maybe that'll work in the suburbs. Maybe as long as the riots stay out of the suburbs, these people will keep believing it. I guess we'll find out. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews, and I will see you all then. Democrats may have just fallen into Donald Trump's perfectly laid trap pertaining to the ongoing riots, or he's just getting lucky and this is chaos. I don't know. But things are going to look really bad for Democrats now that the Portland riots are continuing to get worse. You see, we're on night, I don't know, 53 of the ongoing riots in Portland. We also saw rioting in Seattle and clashes between anti-police protesters and a Defend the Blue rally. In Portland, federal authorities came out to start protecting a federal courthouse. You see, anti and these far leftists have been throwing explosives, setting fires. There's videos of all of this. Yet the media doesn't cover it tapper on CNN, doesn't talk about it. No one brings it up until federal law enforcement came out and started making arrests. Now, the big story was that Trump's Gestapo secret police were snatching peaceful protesters off the street. Well, as anybody who's paying attention knows, they're not peaceful protesters. They're violent rioters, revolutionaries, insurrectionists, whatever you want to call them. They have been besieging the federal courthouse now for like 53 nights, like I mentioned. You see, here's what happened. Here's the trap. And I'll show you this. When federal law enforcement came out and said, we are going to restore order, they were ordered to leave the mayor, the senators, the governor. They were all like, get out of our state. We don't want you here. You're making things worse. Now, the feds didn't come in until like five weeks after the riots had been going on, something like four or five weeks. They weren't there. They showed up because the violence against the courthouse was getting worse. And Donald Trump issued an executive order saying, we're going to create something. It's called like the pact, where a bunch of different federal agencies come together to start, you know, protecting statues and federal property. At first, the feds were just inside the courthouse as the violent rioters went nuts. The, 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 the federal law enforcement comes out and starts, you know, tear gassing and pushing back against the violent riots who are throwing bricks and, and starting fires. Eventually, they pull up in minivans, grab protest, well, grab violent rioters off the street and then bring them in for questioning. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to say protester because these are riots. These individuals that were snatched up, whatever you want to call it, were, who are detained. They, uh, they're innocent until proven guilty. Fine. But they were, one guy was held for like 90 minutes and then let go. They were, they were investigating and that was it. But that was enough to send the entire media into a, into a, a total psycho binge of like, ah! you know, Trump's Trump's crazy Gestapo, they're out in the streets. Here's the trap. The violent riots are now worse than ever. Where's local law enforcement? Where are they? So now when these images come up, you know what Trump can say? You know what the DHS can say? Uh, We were actually stopping the riots. They told us not to. They said to stop. And now the riots are worse than ever. Now they'll try and blame it. Well, the riots are worse because it's your fault. Well, the riots were going on for 53 days. You complained about one night of law enforcement and now they own it. Take a look at this this, this uh, uh, tweet from Andy Ngo. Thousands of Antifa and BLM rioters surround the Portland federal courthouse again. They succeed at tearing down the heavy duty fencing, ignoring verbal commands given by federal law enforcement. Well, there you go. So now when people ask the question, why is it? that these riots have been ongoing for this long. Why can't anyone stop them? Well, because local law enforcement won't do anything about it. And that's it. The feds come out one day and now they need only sit back and say, we tried. We offered you law and order and you said no. What ends up happening? Look, man, I don't, I don't know what Trump's angle is going to be come November, but law and order is a big one. There's been uh, uh, pollsters, who have said that it's not really going to work, that he needs to target cancel culture and stuff like that. But it might if people really are scared of these riots. I think they will play a role. We've seen we've seen the scientific study that was that was posted. uh, It was a a bigger story in in, in and of itself. But basically, there's a study that says peaceful protests work because it generates positive coverage on national media. Violent riots don't because it scares people. Well, Donald Trump has offered you security, law and order, and was actually able to get it to you. The DHS was arresting people. The locals, look at this, local leaders believe the federal presence is making things worse. Sure. So there will be a PR battle on this one, but now they own the violence. We also have this, uh, you know, this mom thing. This is all part of the PR battle that's going on right now. I think the far left is in the weaker position and Trump may have, well, he's got the upper hand, whether it was an intentional trap or not. The left, the Democrats, they own the violence. They said no to law and order. Here's what Andy No tweeted. So the Moms Against Brutality Group stand in support of rioters for the cameras and then leave once the rioting and arson attacks start. Antifa anarchists know they can't win the fight, so they focus efforts on PR war, like Hamas. That's why they use human shields, including kids. I have another tweet from, An- uh, I just have uh, Andy No's general thread here. You can see there's a lot of, po- of, of photos, videos he's posted and he knows basically the best source for what's going on if you want constant stream of these videos. He said federal law enforcement respond at the Portland Federal Courthouse after all the fencing was torn down by rioters. They deploy pepper balls, tear gas and more, sending the mob running. And there it is. The feds only come out after the riots targeted the building. They stayed inside the building just like they were asked to. Well, let's talk about what's going on with the PR battle. But also we got we got this this <laughs> This dude in Denver was holding a pro cop rally back the blue. And you have this interesting photo i want to show you. It makes me wonder about w- what you would call what we're experiencing today. You have a bunch of people standing behind police holding up a thin blue line flag. The police fear, uh, uh, do not fear these people at all. They're facing the far left. They're facing the leftists. What does that mean? Well, for obvious reasons, the police don't need to clash with those who are literally supporting them. But it says something then because violence did break out. So when the police and this group of people are all on the same side, what do you call the other group? It's interesting. I can't tell you, but we do have riots in Seattle. It's been just, you know, nonstop chaos, nonstop chaos across the country. Let me let me tell you something. I woke up this morning I knew I, I had been following the news you know, at night, seeing what was going on. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what, 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 what am I going to do? Am I going to do another video? And I'm like, well, protests and rioting happened again. Rioters smashed windows again. Rioters flipped fences again. Yeah. <laughs> at a certain point, it's like, we get it. These people won't stop. But I, I do think it's fair to say the updates are really important, just so you know it's ongoing. Because when you turn on CNN, I tweeted about this. CNN does a segment on the, fe- the, the secret police snatching up peaceful protesters, and they didn't say a word about two months of violent rioting. That's why this is so important. So if you, if you agree, you know, consider sharing this. They will stop covering this stuff the moment something, you know, makes the orange man look bad. And then as, as soon as right, well, that's basically why they cover it. They're like, oh, oh, DHS, this is Trump's army. That's what that's all they do. This is the important news. Now, take a look at this story. From Antifa to Mothers in Helmets, diverse elements fuel Portland protests. Protesters have been in the streets for more than 50 consecutive days. Protesters. You see what they're doing? That's why these updates are so important. Now, look, I I, I don't think I personally compete with these big media brands. The New York Times probably gets a million plus, you know, views or whatever on this article around the world. And here I am trying to counter that narrative. These aren't protests, man. Throwing explosives and starting fires is not protesting. Maybe there's some semantic argument you can make, but these are violent rioters, insurrectionists. And let me just make it clear for you. When Trump says we are going to enforce the law and you say, no, get out. And then you don't enforce the law. I have to wonder which side you're on law and order or violent insurrection. Now we know because the other day, the AG in in Oregon sued the federal government, defending these people, calling them peaceful protesters. At a certain point, you have corporations, the state, and state resources going after and aiding far-left insurrectionist fanatics against the federal government. What do you want to call that? You can call it whatever you want. I'm not going to call it anything right now. We'll talk about it later. But the the reason I bring up this story is that the mothers in helmets is part of the propaganda war because like Andy No pointed out, the moms leave as soon as the violence start they show up they link arms for no reason because the feds were in the building as we as we know they were inside the building unfortunately I can't show the, I can't show you the videos but go to Andy No's thread they're inside and the violent riders are tearing down fences and throwing explosives and starting fires and the feds don't come out. So who, who are the, the moms linking arms against? No one. Because as soon as the violence erupts, they all run and hide. It's a photo op PR battle. What we are dealing with is guerrilla propaganda warfare. It's, a, it's an amazing fourth or fifth generational conflict where these people know if they actually try and engage in a direct assault on the building, the media will show everyone they will look bad what they have to do is stage things for the camera and that's exactly what this is a bunch of people you know it's, it's what's really funny check this out mindy robinson tweets does anyone want to talk about the mom costumes antifa has on all they did was throw on goodwill clothes and write mommy on themselves literally that's what they did it's just it's just antifa and they just say they're moms this this woman literally has mommy written on her shirt with black marker and it's not even done well But that's the narrative they play, and the media eats it up. I said I'm a mom. Therefore, do they confirm any of this? Is it an organized group? No. Were they actually linking arms to stop anything? No, because there's no cops. The Portland police aren't there. No state police are there, and the feds were inside the building. Fake news, dumb dumb reporters who don't know or care what's actually going on, and just word vomit whatever whatever they're told. That's the current state of politics. But what we're seeing, it's a really it's really impressive, in my opinion, in terms of advanced warfare tactics. It really is. I mean, let's be honest. You've got these ongoing riots across the country and they're trying to frame it as though they're the good guys. That's the important thing. You have police literally defending a sanctioned rally called Back the Blue. This story from the Daily Mail, anti-cop demonstrators clash with pro-police rally in Denver after Back the Blue organizers ignored advice to cancel event saying he would not give up ground to domestic terrorists. They, so, so basically, what you, uh, well, let me read, let me read. Randy Corporon, an attorney who organized the Back the Blue pro-police march, said Sunday that Denver Police Chief Paul uh, Pazin asked him to reschedule or move the rally, expressing concern that police officers would be put in harm's way. He was agitated that we're going to get his officers hurt, Corporon said. My response to him was that he should uh, allow his officers to do their job, and if people are down there breaking the law, to stop them because they'll have nothing to fear from us. The small back the blue pro-police crowd had gathered at the Civic Center Park congregating in the amphitheater where a band had been playing music to them. But anti-police protesters also gathered, banging drums, blowing whistles, clanging pots, and shouting obscenities to drown out the pro-police rally. Scuffles broke out among individuals on both sides. We We are fighting an information war. What needs to happen is a vote, Everyone is hoping right now that come November you will vote for their person. And so everybody is fighting. Antifa is using clever tactics and the Democrats are aiding them as they assault federal property. The moms link arms. The people say peaceful protesters. The media says peaceful protesters as well. And guess what? Even Fox News says protesters when the police say people. The police said people started a fire. Yeah, well, apparently over in Seattle, people set fire to a police precinct, violent rioters set fire to a police precinct in saddle looting and ransacking. It's all part of the PR battle, man. As I've, as I've explained many times, and then we'll read through what happened in Seattle. Their goal is to use a blunted attack. They don't want to come off as the enemy. So everything they frame will always be from their, their, their perspective of being attacked. That's why they don't come out Rarely, you know, you did have a, that you had that one Bernie Sanders volunteer who went and shot up that you know, baseball field. But for the most part, they purposefully want to agitate. They want to smash windows. They want to cause trouble so that f- cops can come out and respond with a slightly higher degree of escalation, arresting people and grabbing people. And then they can claim that they were peaceful. And that's exactly what the media has been doing. I'll tell you what, man, I'm, I'm not entirely confident. You know, we see we you can you can watch a video like this. You can follow someone like Andy. No, you can see the violence, and they still lie and the lies work. A friend of mine said, "No way, man! I heard that the police are the ones starting all of the violence in Portland from inside the courthouse. Are they like reaching out through the holes in the barricades they've put up and like throwing flashbangs?" No. In all of the videos, you can see Antifa like just banging and barricading, tearing fences down. And then the feds comes, come out after, the, after the, the fences are torn down and push people back. That's when they capture the footage and they go, oh, oh, no, oh, no, we're being attacked. Help, help. And it works. It does. And the media calls them peaceful protesters. Take a look what the Daily Mail says. Protesters ransack. You literally can't have that sentence. It makes no sense. Sure, I guess protester can be a lot. You can, we can have a semantic argument about protesters encompassing violent riots. Fun. Here's the story: Protesters ransack Seattle again. Twelve cops are injured as demonstrators set fire to a police precinct, loot an Amazon Go store, and smash windows of downtown businesses after anti-ice rally turned violent. Of course it was going to be violent. If you you pay attention at all, we knew it was going to be violent. They're always violent. That's their M.O. They are violent people who think that destroying things is not violence, but that speech is violence. You see how they lie and manipulate, and it works on people who aren't smart enough to actually know what's going on. They're sitting in their living rooms, not paying attention, and then they hear some stupid Facebook meme. They go on Facebook and they see a meme. I'll tell you what one of the biggest problems is right now. If you're watching this video, you know what that means? You are proactively seeking out information and different points of view on what's really going on. Bravo. You must be a critical thinker. Not every one of you, but most of you probably are. Unfortunately for us, we have a large group of people, a very large, that get their news from memes. I, I mean it. While Trump supporters have been very effective at spreading ideas with memes, the memes that work for the right and the reason they're so prolific is because they, they strike at a core understanding of the news. There's inside jokes and inside humor that very few people might understand that works for these particular groups. Now, as for the mainstream left in this country, what they do on Facebook, and everybody does this, but the left has a problem with this. They take screenshots of tweets and literally memes and share them. And often it's just half-baked fake news. I'm not exaggerating. There was a report that came out last year from a group, uh, an organization called news Whip, that said the top news outlet for engagement in shares was Fox News. And the top n- outlet for, I'm not going to call it a news outlet but the top outlet for news and politics on the left, Occupy Democrats. I don't know if that's still true, but it was a serious problem in 2018 because Occupy Democrats is literal fake news. They'll post a picture of Donald Trump yelling and it'll say, you know, Americans agree Donald Trump is bad. Don't you share? And it's like, it's just nothing there. They take things out of context. And and the reason I say they're fake news is because according to NewsGuard, who I use to certify, I only use NewsGuard certified outlets 99% of the time. According to NewsGuard, Occupy Democrats is a fringe conspiracy meme factory. And it's the most engaged with content for the left. They have no idea what's going on. They are getting their news from quick memes. They're reposting other uh, tweets. And I look at these things and it's like, I, I, you know, I swear, man. People are sharing that Alyssa Milano tweet, just print money. You don't know how money works. I had a friend who who tweeted out, we're seriously in this crisis and Donald Trump is trying to get us sick. Why don't they just pay people, you know, just period, pay, period, people pay them with what do you do? These people don't understand how anything works, but they share these half baked memes and that convinces people and they are nuts. So how do, how do we deal with this? Honestly, I do not know. I don't. That's why the PR battle is so important. And that's why it's dangerous when Trump falls into these traps. When the feds come out and they start making arrests and it's weaponized against them, that puts Trump in a weakened position. But I think now it actually is to their benefit because the whole point of the segment, to wrap it up for you guys, and an an understanding of the PR battle is that if the mayor, Ted uh, Wheeler, I think his name is Ted Wheeler, of Portland says, get out of our town to Trump. If the, the senators are like, we don't want you here. And then videos emerge of violent riots, worse than they've ever been. Now, here's what, here's what I said a couple days ago. I said the feds should stay off the streets and let Antifa do their thing. If Portland wants to allow Antifa to do their thing, let them do it. There, there have been, uh, I covered a couple stories where the citizens of Portland will not indict these people after they get arrested. If the police have no support and the citizens want this, let them do it. But you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Because now that the feds have actually tried to enforce the law, and we're told directly, no, Trump won. I'm sorry, man. I think Trump wins. Let me, let me let me let me wrap this up for you. Listen, if the federal agents never did anything, then they would say, why isn't Trump doing anything about the riots? Why won't Trump do anything? And Trump had been saying, well, the states are responsible for what's going on. That's that's been the big narrative with the riots. Why won't Trump? How is he letting this happen? All that stuff. And everybody knew that as soon as Trump moved in, it would be aha, we got you. But here's the reversal. Here's the 4D chess. Trump did try to have DHS. I, I say Trump, but I don't think he's directing these guys, you know, individually. But DHS did come in at the behest of Donald Trump's executive order. He did an ex- executive order to protect uh, property. They did try to enforce the law, and they didn't actually arrest these people. And when when they pulled up in the vans, they were detained for questioning. Then. The Democrats walked right into it. Now they're demanding the Fed stop. So now at the end of this, when people say, why did Portland burn to the ground? It's actually quite simple. The Democrats and the local authorities refused to enforce the law. Yeah, well, what about you, Trump? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, man, we did. We did come out and try. They told us to leave. We said, you know what? Tenth Amendment, local jurisdiction. You're right. And they backed off. And now when people have questions about why their city is being burned down and besieged, the feds can say, hey, man, we're we're we are ready and willing. We tried and they told us to get off there, get out out of their jurisdiction. So we did. If you had a question, take it up with the mayor, take it up with the Democratic senators, take it up with the governor. That's what the people are going to have to do. I don't think it's going to change the minds of those who live in Oregon because, like I said, they won't actually indict these violent rioters. But I do think it'll work better for Trump at a national scale. Imagine the commercial that comes out, you know, in uh, October. Riots for 75 days or however long the riots go on for. Law enforcement nowhere in sight. Donald Trump send in send in federal police and was quickly attacked by the press. And then he's going to show the people saying, "Get out of our town. We don't want you here." And then it's like when 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 the federal agents pulled back, the rioters took over. This is the America they want for you. Trump has now been put in a very beautiful position because he can say, I'm Donald Trump and I'll be here for you. My law enforcement will come and protect you. We got the best law enforcement, the best. Everybody agrees, except the Democrats. And that's all he needs to say. When the Antifa riots come to your town, and they did, I mean, a month ago, and they likely will, especially close to the election, are the Democrats going to say no to the police and allow these things to happen? They did. And now Trump's conscience is clean. He can say, hey, man, I, I I came out and I was told to leave. So I'm here if you need me. But they told me to get out. So if you want to vote for those people, you go ahead and do so. And there's a bigger play here with all of the the rioting. A lot, a lot of people are questioning what, how it's going to impact Trump's election personally. I wonder if the bigger play is the Senate, Congress, the governors. Think about it. I'm not convinced that Oregon is going to ever turn red, you know, and elect some Republicans, senators, maybe because, you know, you've got a red part of the state. So they probably have some, you know, congressmen, you know, who are a Republican. But here's the bigger play. As these riots sweep the country, the bigger play is will the Republicans win the House and the Senate? Because it's, it's, it's more than just the presidency. And with these riots, you may find that people are going to start demanding law and order. Trump offered it. They told him to leave. And now when you have no law and order, you can blame your local politicians and maybe they won't get reelected. And there's the trap. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. They're getting desperate. I don't know exactly who. I don't know for what reason, but they are getting desperate. Yesterday evening, a man dressed in a FedEx uniform knocked on the door of the house of a federal judge. Her 20-year-old son answered the door and took a bullet through the heart. His father apparently was shot multiple times, critical but stable condition. The judge herself was unharmed. The big, the big news here is that this judge is presiding over a case related to Epstein's finances. And that's why I say they're getting desperate. Ghislaine Maxwell, however you pronounce her name, she's been arrested. She might squeal like a pig but they can't go after her can they i don't know who they is i don't know what's going on but i'm telling you this right now an assassin dressed like a fedex driver just targeted the home of a federal judge presiding over epstein's uh, an epstein financial case when jeffrey epstein was first arrested the joke went wild and i say joke i kind of don't really know if it was a joke for a lot of people they were saying that epstein would you know invariably take his own life. Some people joked and said, when it invariably happens, are we going to riot? And then it happened. And everybody wanted to know why. But the camera broke. The guards were asleep. Nobody knows what happened. I'm sure some people do, but the public doesn't. When they arrested Maxwell, people started making jokes. I tweeted in before she gets COVID. What will happen to her? I don't know. But if something did, it would be much too overt. Most people, whether you want to accept it or not, do not believe that Epstein took his own life. Most people, they believe Maxwell is at risk. I remember this funny tweet from Chris Reagan. When Epstein, when the news broke, he said he got into an Uber and the driver looked at him and said, yo, that dude didn't kill himself. (laughs) And it was funny. It's like the random Uber driver. What do you think now? Son of federal judge killed. Husband shot at their New Jersey home. Motive unclear. Now, I'll say it's fair that we don't know if this is over the Deutsche Bank Epstein case. We really don't. But I kind of think like it is, you know, I mean, I, we, we, it's, it, this is only speculation. But it really does feel like whoever is going after the judge in this way is truly desperate. Now, Sticks Hexenhammer, you may be familiar with, had a, had a very interesting tweet. He said the goal was not to harm the judge. If the judge was shot, they'd get a new judge. You need to scare the judge. But I think it goes actually a little bit further than this. You, 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 you don't start by targeting the family of the judge. You first ask, you know, hey, we'll grease the wheels. When that doesn't work, you threaten. You'll regret it if you oppose us. And when that threat is left, it falls upon deaf ears, you take action, but not against the judge themselves. Sounds like maybe they were trying to get this judge to do something. And this is the extreme pressure of if you if you if you come for us, we come for you. I mean, look, I I can't tell you what's what's true. Here's what I can tell you what's true. Her son's dead. Her husband was shot and it was an assassin dressed like a FedEx guy. And they haven't they haven't caught this individual who did it. Why did they do it? What did it pertain to? We really, really do not know. But I will tell you this, even Daily Beast, is, is asking these questions. Did you know that Ghislaine Maxwell is being tried by the public corruption unit? That seems strange to a lot of people because her case involves trafficking, which is held by violent, typically tried by violent crimes. I have this story pulled up once again by the Daily Beast, mainstream news now asking these questions. If we are going to operate under these pretexts and assumptions, whatever is going on, we can see they're truly desperate. Now, of course, the left believes this is Donald Trump and Bill Barr trying to cover up their crimes. I don't buy it. I really don't. I think Bill Barr's on the level. I do. I mean, Bill Barr was AG before. He's AG now. I think he's on the level. So that's my bias. But I don't know. I don't know who who is doing what. I'm sure a lot of people will throw a bunch of names out. They'll They'll comment a bunch of names. I don't know, man. Let's take a look at this story. Now, this from NBC New York doesn't mention the Epstein connection. It just says, Son of federal judge killed. Husband shot in New Jersey. But take a look at this. I pulled up Esther Salas's Wikipedia page, and they make note that she's presided over a public uh, notable public corruption case. Also, her involvement in the Real Housewives of New Jersey for some reason. And they say Salas is the judge presiding over the class action lawsuit against Deutsche Bank, which alleges that Deutsche Bank had poor financial reporting practices and made misleading statements to securities investors, resulting from Deutsche Bank's desire to obscure its anti-money laundering uh, deficiencies and its poor monitoring of high risk customers such as Epstein, Danske Bank in Estonia, and FBME. What is going on with this money? Who's getting paid what? And will we get to the core of what's really happening? I don't know, especially after this. Will Judge Esther, will she be strong enough to push through after her son was shot through the heart and killed? I can only hope so. And I can only hope that she's doing well and that her husband survives this. And I hope whoever perpetrated this is brought to justice. We cannot allow this. This is gangster level conspiracy stuff, man. Look, we, we, we talk about the Epstein stuff in relation to this. Who knows, man? You know, what we do know an assassin was dressed like a FedEx driver and went after a judge's kid. This is the kind of stuff that comes out of movies. Let's read from the Daily Beast. Gunman kills federal judge's son, wounds husband at NJ home. Judge Esther Salas, best known for presiding over a real housewives case, was tasked last week with a case involving Jeffrey Epstein's secretive dealings with Deutsche Bank. A gun. Uh, so we know we, I, I, I've gone over this. They say Daniel Anderl, 20, the judge's only child who was home from college, was shot through the heart and did not survive the attack. His father, criminal defense lawyer, Mark Andrel, 63, was said to be in critical condition after the surgery. The FBI confirmed that is investigating. This was a kill shot. It was intended. It was intentional. This was some, I mean, I know it's an assassin, but hear me out. They knocked on the door. And when this kid answered, they aimed through the heart. This was, this was an intended shot through the heart. NBC New York reports U.S. District Judge Esther Salas was in the basement of their North Brunswick home during the ambush and was unharmed. NJ Advance Media quoting law enforcement sources said the shooter may have been disguised as a delivery person when he approached the door. The FBI is investigating a shooting that occurred at the home of Judge Esther Salas in North Brunswick Township, New Jersey, earlier this evening, July 19th. We're looking for one subject and ask that anyone who thinks they may have relevant information to call them. Salas is the first Latina judge to serve in New Jersey's federal courts. She was appointed as a magistrate judge in 06 and a district judge in 2010. Raised in New Jersey, she previously worked as a county prosecutor and then a federal public defender. Last Thursday, she was assigned to be the judge on a lawsuit brought by investors against Deutsche Bank and its CEO over its business dealings, the late convicted Jeffrey Epstein. According to federal court documents filed July 15th in Newark in the case... Deutsche Bank failed to properly monitor customers. The bank itself deemed to be high risk, including, among others, the convicted offender Jeffrey Epstein. The plaintiff is listed as Ali Karimi of Connecticut. On July 7th, Deutsche Bank was hit with a $150 million fine by New York state for failing to act on warning signs that Epstein was carrying out suspicious payments, among other violations, and announced last week that it would pay. The state has gone after them. Sounds like something crazy is happening, and who do you trust? What if Trump is the bad guy? What if he's the good guy? It reminds me of that scene, you know, that trope in movies where you've got, you know, identical twins, or like one's the evil clone. Which which one is the real brother? Uh, and you have to pick. It's I, I I lean towards Bill Barr being on the level, and Donald Trump going after these people, considering the fact that Epstein's been able to get away with this for as long as he did. And Maxwell was on the run, only under Trump, the arrests have happened. I think, I think it's the Trump administration that's doing the right thing. It's hard to know for sure. Seriously. Prior to Sunday, Salas was probably best known for The Real Housewives. Yeah. Teresa G- uh, Giduce's attorney, I think I'm pronouncing that right, told ABC News that her client was very shaken by the news, it was very emotional when, we heard, when she heard about it. She told me that she'd be, she'd be praying heavily for Judge Salas and her family. So listen with New York going after Deutsche Bank. It's only a matter of time before lawsuits like this emerge and people start filing for discovery. Documents start getting released. People who work for Deutsche Deutsche Bank are subpoenaed. Testimony is heard and people are put in very troubling positions. So why this action against her family? If the judge allows discovery, if the judge gives in, she'll have to recuse herself now even. I mean, that's another issue which could be well, well, they can't prove that this is related to the case. It could prejudice her, though, if they try and make that claim. What if she told you know, some Deutsche Bank executive that uh, he had to speak up or his files would be would be released in court? It's not just about whatever potential Epstein. It's about criminal activity in general. It's about the collateral damage and the people around it. Whoever did this might have nothing to do with Epstein. They might just be some random money launder who's thinking this case is going to trickle down to me at some point if these documents are released it's more than just Epstein. Maybe that's why this happened. Maybe, to be honest, it was a crazy guy who dressed like a FedEx driver. Maybe it was somebody who wanted revenge because she used to be a prosecutor. We really don't know. A lot of people are jumping on the Epstein angle. Maybe. But like I said earlier, my understanding, uh, a lot of these circumstances, because I've known people who have dealt with simple similar tactics, is the first thing they offer you is the opportunity for compliance, I say they as in like uh, anyone trying to coerce or blackmail you. You don't threaten first because that can cause a backlash. Typically, when it comes to these coercion, you know, this, these instances of coercion, they, they, they try to get you to pay. They'll offer you money. Hey, how about you, you know, when you retire, you come work for us. We'll pay you all of this money. We'll give you a job as legal counsel. Doesn't that sound good? How many times have we heard about individuals who worked in the government or in some kind of political office and then got a job at, a, at, at some industry? It's the easiest way out. Most people will take it. Look, you know, you get our back. We'll get yours. Once you retire here, we'll have a comfy seven figure job waiting and you'll never you'll never want for anything. And a lot of people probably say sounds good to me. What happens when you don't? Then the threats. Look, we gave you a choice. We gave you the opportunity. Don't cross us or you will regret it. And what happens when the threats don't work? Action. Then one day your son answers the door and takes a bullet through the heart. Maybe that message was clear enough. The threats will be followed through. The risk here, though, however, and the reason why I say this is true desperation is because whoever did this, whoever did this, we don't know who, an assassin dressed as a FedEx driver, apparently, whoever did this may have just cut loose the judge and released her from her bonds, her chains. You see, people are scared. The threats against someone's family should be enough for most people to refuse to do anything. How many times have I said, speak up to defend yourself? And I've seen comments and responses saying, but I have kids. This judge said, F you. Maybe there were no threats. I don't know. It's all speculation. But I've made it clear repeatedly. I personally will not be coerced. I won't. There's, you know, let, 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 me, let me stop for a second. Let me tell you something. When it comes to kidnappings in other parts of the world, notably in like the Middle East and North Africa, terrorists know that if you kidnap an American, Americans will not pay. We will not negotiate and we will not be coerced. In fact, what America likes to do is send in some commandos to kick in your door and kill every one of you and rescue that American. Thus, if you kidnap an American, your only guarantee is that you'll soon be facing down the barrel of a gun. Many other countries negotiate and pay. They're more likely to then be kidnapped because these terrorists know, hey, man, Spanish citizens, German citizens, that's cash money. Don't go for the Americans, though, because the Americans fight back. Now, what they did here, the reason I bring this up is that this has probably made her untethered. You see, when she had a family and she was being threatened, you could actually force or coerce the behavior, but perhaps it wasn't enough. And I'm speaking totally hypothetically, right? I have no idea what happened. For all we know, there's a crazy guy, like they're going to call him the FedEx killer, You know, could be totally unrelated to any of this. But let's just say somebody came and threatened her, and now she has no son. I can only imagine that the grief she is feeling will turn into a blind, seething rage, and there is nothing left tethering her to this earth. What I mean by that is they may have unleashed reckless abandon. This judge will now unleash everything at her disposal to go after whoever did this. Every favor she's been owed, every, every politician who, uh, you know, who would owe her something, every corporation, every individual Any former employee, the guy at the grocery store who uh, stumbled and she picked up his groceries, every single person who might think of her as a good person who owes a favor, she can unleash all of that. That's why I say they have become truly desperate. When her son was at risk, that was when, well, that was when she might hold back out of fear. Not now. That's how scared they must be that this is going to become something big. They mentioned that Daniel Salas was a freshman at Catholic University in D.C., He was planning on going to law school, a friend told the Newark Star-Ledger. He had his whole future ahead. He was shot through the heart. His mother, Judge Salas, has handled the unusual mix of, oh wow, gang violence cases, public corruption, corruption trafficking, and other things that are going to get me in trouble on YouTube, so I'm going to have to blur that. Investigators have not released any motive or said who in the House might have been the intended target of the ambush, but federal judges are frequent targets of threats. Earlier this year, CNN cited marshal service data That showed that the 2,700 member federal judiciary received nearly 4,500 threats or inappropriate communications. A question emerged when Maxwell was arrested Why is the public corruption unit prosecuting Maxwell? Does she work for public office? Does she receive money from those in public office? Was she in on the take? Or is this actually about other people who have been secretly working with Maxwell? did Epstein receive money from public officials? Very interesting questions being asked by the Daily Beast. They say normally a case like this goes to the sex crimes unit. But Maxwell's case has been assigned to public corruption. Here's the likely and fascinating reason. They mention that it's going to, uh, you know, to public corruption, which is unusual. The charges were not a surprise in light of comments by Strauss's predecessor, Jeffrey Berman, last year after Epstein died of an apparent suicide in jail. Berman pledged to the victims that uh, our investigation of the conduct charged in the indictment, which included a conspiracy account, remains ongoing. The unusual part of Strauss's announcement is that the case is assigned to the office's public corruption unit. The case against Epstein had also been assigned to the unit, which typically focuses on crimes committed by government officials, employees and contractors. Very interesting. So why would this case be assigned to the public corruption unit? Prosecutors assigned to such a unit are trained and experienced in handling some of the nuanced issues that arise when government officials are targets of investigations. Charges often involve sophisticated bribery, bribery, extortion, or fraud schemes in which the parties deliberately speak encoded language to maintain plausible deniability. The case law is replete with gray areas in which quid pro quo arrangements breaching public trust are spun as mere horse trading politics. Public officials hire top lawyers, and as, as natural risk-takers with much to lose, are less inclined to plead guilty than other defendants. As a result, public corruption prosecutors must have the skill set to not only investigate a complex case, but also take it to trial. Maxwell herself is not a public official, but maybe she is not the last to be indicted in this case. The assignment of her case to the public corruption unit suggests that the investigation may touch on subjects who are current or former government officials. Getting spicy, and then someone showed up to a judge in a peripheral case and put a bullet through the heart of her son. <laughs> oh man, there are very few times when I would get conspiratorial, but man, this is so obvious that this is a conspiracy going on. It's just there's no other way to put it. Berman was fired from the Southern District of New York. Bill Barr said he was going to resign, and then when he didn't, he was fired. But this guy's been an officer. He, he's been a prosecutor, I believe, a federal prosecutor for some time. What happened under Epstein where Epstein lost his life? I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Jeffrey Epstein was brought in and in and, and jail and somehow died, be it suicide or otherwise. The people involved in that case should be purged from the case, and we need a clean set of individuals we can trust. Bill Barr returned since he was, he was AG in the 90s. That's my, I believe, like early 90s. He came back. Could it be that what's really happening is Bill Barr has come back to clean up shop. And Donald Trump wa- Donald Trump wants someone he can trust that is here since, you know, a certain amount of time. Maybe there's some corrupt government officials. I'm not going to say who. I don't know. Who are on, in, in on the take or being extorted by Epstein. Maxwell knows about it. Maybe some of these people have interests in shutting down these kinds of cases, be it the Deutsche Bank Deutsche Bank case or the Epstein case itself. If something happens to Maxwell at this point, chaos will ensue. But I'll tell you what, I personally think it's likely. I do. Let me tell you something. We don't know who's involved. We don't know who did this. We don't know why they did this. We can speculate. There's that little black book, the flight log. But let me tell you, there's probably someone who's thinking this. If everybody thinks that a corrupt official took out Epstein and Maxwell and the case will not proceed, well, they'll riot. But what do the riots have to do with the, the guilty parties. Imagine there is some ultra wealthy government official who is going to be implicated in this. If Maxwell dies, they won't be. Sure, there'll be riots. Confidence in the system will be shattered, but they'll be fine. And that's why Maxwell, I believe, is truly in danger. There's a funny meme going around. It said, if people were concerned about Maxwell taking her own life, why would they be shuffling around to different jails and moving her constantly? I don't know if that's true. That's just what someone tweeted. But what do you think now? Let me just say one more time. The public corruption unit is handling this case. Why? The federal judge presiding over the lawsuit involving Deutsche Bank's mismanagement of records just saw her son take a shot through the heart. I'm sorry, man. Occam's razor would suggest the simple solution. And I don't think anybody can deny it. Try all you want. We'll see how things play out. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. Across the Internet, stories erupt about former liberals now voting for Donald Trump, getting on that Trump train, going full MAGA. And many on the left just don't want to believe it. They claim the stories are all fake. I've tweeted about them many times. And every single time I do, I get a ton of people saying, you're right, Tim. I agree. I see it. But there's always those holdouts who are like fake news. Tim's making it up. Not true. Totally true. I don't know if you've met Adam, the co-host of the TimCast IRL podcast. We'll be doing that show live at 8 p.m. So go to youtube.com slash TimCast IRL if you want to hang out. Well, he's like a hippie vegan skater dude who's now totally on board with Trump. For me, it's more about, you know, Trump's going to end the war on Afghanistan or is he's trying to. And the far left has gone completely insane. That's what worries me. There's a very interesting thread here from Eric Weinstein. He says, A surprising number of left leaning people are confiding to me that they are planning to vote for Trump for two different stated leading reasons. A, Biden's mental decline. B, what is happening in the Pacific Northwest with Democratic mayors and governors experimenting with non policing. Anyone else seeing this? It's two different reactions, both of them indicating that there is something catastrophically wrong with this process. All of them previously bitterly opposed to Trump, and many even to the Republican Party. Hey, right here with you. I used to be moderate lefty Democrat. I mean, when I was younger, I was was very far left. I tweeted about a month or maybe two months ago. I don't remember when that somebody I've known for a very long time, a diehard Democrat only six months ago. Okay. This point, I think seven or eight months ago was telling me that I'm biased and you know, I'm your friend, but you're posting a lot of this stuff and you really got to focus on the Republicans. And I've seen those messages before. Now, several months later, the same person said the only way the rioting stops if it, is if Trump wins and the Republicans sweep the House and the Senate. And I thought that was hilarious. I was like, wow, the riots really did a number on this person. I have, I was talking to another friend of mine, somebody I met at a Black Lives Matter rally who is now posting all of this pro-Trump stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, young woman, it, you know, like a young woman at a Black Lives Matter rally, holding up that sign, yelling Black Lives Matter today on the Trump train. And I, I'll i prove it to the best of my ability with, with, without infringing on someone's privacy. But people, I see these responses with <laughs> fake news. You're making it up. That happened. Yeah, it really did. It doesn't mean Trump's going to win. I don't know. But I'm telling you, I'm seeing it. And we got this thread, and I want to highlight some of the responses to Eric Weinstein from people who are straight up like, "Y'all, I'm out." You see, the important thing as we move forward, you need to understand, is that politics flows in one direction. If you are on the left and you shake hands with a Trump supporter, they'll scream, "Look, that person is far right." So, so in my case, right, I could shake hands with a Trump supporter, and they say, "Aha, Tim Poole's far right. That proves it." And then an anarchist could shake hands with me and they would say, aha, the anarchist is far right. That proves it. No matter what you do, it doesn't go the other way. If I, if I go and hang out with Antifa, they'll say, why is Antifa hanging out with the far right? Not really. People don't, they, they call me the enlightened centrist, right? It's, a, it's an enlightened centrist, but you get the point. That's what you need to realize. So they won't believe it that people are defecting, but it's so much easier to leave the left or to stand still while the left leaves you. Take a look at some of these responses and then I'll show you what what, what a friend said to me. This person, Gay Insanity, said, that's most likely my plan, too, for the reasons of both A and B, as well as the SJWs. They're my biggest gripe about the left. They are the most loathsome and hateful creatures out there, and they believe they're they're the good guys. That's why I'm not helping the left in November. I completely agree. Someone said, how about standing up for America? Already am every day. I will not stand with Joe Biden as long as Joe Biden stands with these people. And he does. End of story for me. Joe Biden's mental decline. I, I This is this is describing me. Look, Biden's mental health. Totally total problem. Donald Trump's mental. I don't think Donald Trump's got mental health problems, but character defects. Oh, serious problem. But I'll tell you what, man, not going for Biden. And what's happening with the experiment and non-policing, you better believe it. Trump's sending in federal authorities. And I'm like, well, good. I, I said he needed to do something and they're attacking him for it. and They want no cops. Nah, uh-uh then you get the SJWs on board. I am out. Here's another post. This person said American Hodel. I'm hearing the same. Had a friend who was out protesting a month ago and is now ready to vote for Trump. I myself, former Obama voter, did not vote for Trump in 2016, but will be voting for him in 2020. Almost describes me. I'm not saying 100% I'm voting for Trump, but I'll tell you what, man, Afghanistan, you cannot argue that against me. And that's why I think it's a fair bet. I don't know what's going to change. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm not committed. End of story. I know a lot of people are like, Tim, just say 100%. Nope, nope, nope. Because times change, man. I'm, I'm not stupid enough to to jump on something and then who knows what's going to happen. We'll see how it plays out come November. But I'll tell you this, Afghanistan, get our troops home, argue against it. Eric said, say more about your shift. American Hodel said, I hate Trump, but I am that scared of what, what has infected the left. When I see Portland on fire every night and a media and Democratic establishment that covers up the violence, criminality and anti-American sentiment, a cold chill runs down my spine. Here, here, I, I I, have almost been screaming at these stories every day. The peaceful protesters, they say, but Trump and his secret police and the peaceful protesters. That's right. The peaceful protesters lobbing mortar shell explosives at cops and not a single protester to stop it. The moms who stood defiantly to stop the police from attacking the peaceful protesters. The lies. They are so insane and infuriating. I will not stand with Joe Biden. Oh, we got more for you. This person said, I decided a while back not to vote for someone as a vote against someone else, but I as well may be joining the ranks of the first time Republican voters this year and not because I want to because of this left wing lunacy. Someone responded, if you're going to focus on the most far left extremist point of view to represent a whole political party, you should think about the far right you're aligning with as well. It's nuts on either side. He says, I'm not siding with far anything. If the left grow a pair and stand up to these treasonous communists attacking our cities, they'll have my ear at least, but not the DNC and not the progressives. And it's not the far right. I'm sorry. Donald Trump and the Republicans are not far right. I'll use the example over and over again. When Steve King came out and said those, you know, he, he alluded to like white nationalism, Latin nationalism, or whatever. He was done, stripped of all his committees, and he lost his primary. Bye, bye, gone. Now that's a Republican Party where I can be like, okay, I'm not too worried, right? Hey, I see, I see, they're they're legit about wanting to clamp the ranks. When Donald Trump said, "I want to bring these troops out of Afghanistan," what happened? Every almost every single Democrat and Republican said no. But guess what? 8 Republicans said yes Trump do it including Matt Gates. Only 3 Democrats. Tulsi Gabbard, Ro Khanna. I'm sorry I'm forgetting the third Democrat, but you all deserve credit as far as I'm concerned because that to me is one of the most important things. Joe Biden what 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 do you have? 8 years of of the of the Barack Obama warmongering whatever BS. Same old same old I'm not voting for that. Which brings me to my tweet. Or actually not yet. Molly Jong Fast a journalist responded by saying uh, from the Daily Beast, hipster coffee shop. Am I right? This references the fact that uh, or uh, the the meme that these tweets are all made up like, hey, I overheard at a hipster coffee shop. People saying they're voting for Trump and they say, you make it up. I didn't make it up. And I don't think Eric made it up because I'm hearing it a lot. Maybe not enough. Certainly. I think I sometimes wonder if people are exaggerating on the Trump side, like all these people are saying these things. I'm hearing it. I'm not kidding. I'm going to show you. Here's what I tweeted. I think this is this is my tweet. Yeah, I said in response to Eric Weinstein, someone I met at a Black Lives Matter rally years ago just told me they are voting for Trump. They were quite enthusiastic about it. The first response is from Dr. Manhattan Esquire. Many of many of the people friends that I really have also told me they were going to vote for Trump. Also, I overheard some millennials in a coffee shop whispering that Biden would ruin America, and they and all their TikTok friends are voting Trump forever. LOL, effing GOP. <laughs> OMG. I just got an actual pro Trumper liking my post. I was being sarcastic. I don't think most pro Trump tweets end with effing GOP. Just realize that Trump world is so effing bizarre. All right, here you go. This is the best I can do. Okay, look. This is from, you can clearly see it's from Saturday, it's from a couple days ago. I'm not going to uh, pull up who this person is, but I'm showing you uh, I had a conversation, a much larger conversation. I said, you voting Trump now? Question mark. Definitely. I met you at a Black Lives Matter protest. Huh? Right. I dig it. I get it. I'm not going to show who this person is. It's up to them if they want to be publicly identified as being a Trump supporter. They do post online all of these pro-Trump memes, and that's why I hit them up. 100% this is the best I can offer you. Now I know they'll say he just made it up. He got some friend to say this stuff. It's probably a Trump support or whatever, but I'll tell you this, this is the best I can do for now. Maybe, maybe I can actually have a sit down with this person, but did you, did you, do you guys not watch the IRL podcast where my buddy Adam was like, I don't know, he's talking about racism. And, and all of a sudden now he's like Trump, Trump, Trump. He did, he, he did this whole thing on like Trump being good and all that stuff. They don't believe it. And that'll be their downfall. But also, I want to point out. Just because I'm seeing this, I met you at a Black Lives Matter protest, huh? Right? I dig it. I get it. Yeah, these people—it it happens. Now, they don't want to believe it, but it's also a problem if people assume they have everyone on their side. If you believe this silent majority is coming is coming to help you out, I think you got you got you got you're mistaken. I don't know what to expect, and I'm done speculating. I'm done playing this game of oh Trump's doing well, oh Trump's doing bad. I'm done. Don't care. Just go vote. Just go vote. And know that the numbers could be wrong. The numbers could be right. Who knows? It's all confusing. It could be rigged. I have no idea. Just go vote. But I'll tell you this. Whatever you want to vote for, whoever you want to vote for, you better go out every single one of you or mail in your ballot, whatever. I think we can expect chaos. But I'll tell you what, man, it's real. They don't want to believe it, but it's real. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. This video sort of follows up on the last one I just did. Maybe you just watched it where I talked about how many liberals are defecting from the left to vote for Donald Trump and that many people are seeing it. I'm seeing it and Eric Weinstein is seeing it. I'm sure many others. We're hearing that people are freaking out about cancel culture in the far left. And that brings me to this segment. The New York Post says, "Beware the Biden Sanders radical lefty manifesto." Divine from Miranda Divine who says, Joe Biden signed the death warrant for his campaign last week, even if he doesn't know it. The joint manifesto he released with Bernie Sanders is 110 pages of radical far left policies, from a job killing $2 trillion climate agenda to eliminating cash bail and dismantling border protection. (gasps) Joe Biden, say it isn't so. He's gone far left. He hasn't. Joe Biden is further left than most people probably want but not nearly far left enough for the far left. And therein lies the real problem that while I'll agree, yes, Joe Biden signed his campaign death warrant, not because he's too far left, because well, no, I mean, (laughs) he is too far left, but not too far left enough. If you get the Futurama reference. Yeah. You see, I made a video talking about the burden, uh, the the burden, the Biden-Bernie unity plan, where I jokingly said that it was Bernie Sanders putting on a Joe Biden mask. That was a joke. But I mentioned that they were working together and that Joe Biden would be going far left. In response, you know, I I got some derision from actual far leftists who are like, this plan is not far left. So I would like to highlight this and I would like to debunk some things. First of all, Joe Biden's absolutely moving to the left. It's, It's true. Here's a story from the Washington Post, how Joe Biden is moving left while still being seen as a moderate. He is. They say the Trump campaign is utterly flummoxed by the state of affairs. They long ago gave up trying to claim that Biden is some kind of extremist and now can only shout that he'll be a puppet of the radical left. But that doesn't seem to be convincing anyone either, except it's true. On July 16th, they wrote this and the Biden unity plan is getting a lot of attention. But I do believe it came out around the same time. So if Joe Biden isn't far left himself, but he's pandering to them and adopting many policies that would we we, we would see as far left, then yeah, he is. This is why I brought up the previous segment, why some people would be leaving Joe Biden. The gap between liberal and far left is the Grand Canyon, and you can't stretch out across it and hold on. You fall. You fall straight down. So what do people do? They pick a side. The far left latches on the far left and the liberals now drift off to the right. And they say, I can't reach that far and I'm not going to try. Joe Biden has created a giant empty pit of nonsensical policy positions where he's simultaneously far left and not far left enough. Just ask resident far lefty, not really far lefty, but shoe on head. Now, you may be a fan of shoe. I think she was pretty funny. She is. I believe she's pro Bernie. I don't know exactly where she's at now. I think she's criticized Bernie, but I'm not going to uh, pres- I'm not I'm not going to uh, assert what I think her politics are. Just point out some criticism or joke she had in my direction. I understand people make jokes, okay? I'm just highlighting this. I I want to point out things I said. She tweeted, I want to live in this universe. I was kidding about super far left. I don't know she was politics. She highlights, this is uh, Andrew Clavin. Joe Biden is being controlled by by Bernie Sanders and the far left. The next segment we have from Trump War Room. Joe Biden is Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Ilhan Omar's Trojan horse for their radical socialist agenda. Don't be fooled. But she then highlighted two posts for me, where I'm literally talking about a Fox News story that says, what's in the Biden-Sanders unity platform? Halt on deportations, $15 minimum wage reparations. Um, And the quote is, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders have teamed up. Well, shoo, if you want to live in this universe, you literally do. That's actually the news story. They released a unity plan. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders have literally teamed up. Congratulations. You're in the universe you'd like. But then this one, it says basically give you Bernie Sanders wearing a Joe Biden mask. That was actually the joke. But the truth is, what we're seeing here is that he's not far left enough. Well, there you go. That's the I guess that's the point of the joke, right? That Shu doesn't actually live in this universe and she would like to. And I'm literally showing a factual news story about their plans together. I think we can actually take from this is their unity platform isn't actually endorsing Bernie Sanders actual policy agendas. It's just Joe Biden trying to put a Bernie Sanders, you know, blow up doll to his side to convince the far left he is far left. But when regular liberals look over there, they see Joe Biden standing with Bernie Sanders. That's the important point. I'm not saying she was wrong. In fact, I'm saying she was perspective is actually on point. What I see from this when I saw this tweet of me. It's actually, I, you can't really see it because I'm, I'm in the corner of my own corner. Anyway, the point is, I was like, wow, I wasn't trying to act like you know Joe Biden was endorsing socialist policy. But I do think it's fair to point out he's trying to unify the party, but the chasm is just much too large. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you to the story from Bloomberg. This, what, what is the date on this one? From October 14th. Sanders pledges 20% worker stake in sweeping governance overhaul. That's pretty far left, man. If that ain't far left enough for the far left, then they want to go real far left. Bernie Sanders proposed sweeping changes to U.S. corporate governance that would give workers 20% of ownership in public companies and the right to elect 45% of their directors while expanding the government's power to stop mergers. Okay, this is not the overt forced seizure of of the the, the means of production, that would be as far left as literally as you could possibly go. On the economic scale, when we say left and right, the furthest left is full worker control of everything. And far right is total laissez-faire capitalism. This is a 20% worker stake in a company, meaning that's pretty far left. That's almost as far left as you can go having the government come in and give 20% of companies to the people, but it is not outright, you know, like full on socialism. You see what I'm saying? This isn't far left enough for the far left, but I'll tell you what, it is way too far left for me. The idea that, like, how would you even do this is, is one of the one of the challenges. I guess the idea is that the 20% worker stake would just be held as some kind of worker stake. And then when when employees are employees, they get it, They get payouts and dividends based on that ownership and can vote based on it. So they, the workers themselves would have a 20 percent voting power in corporate structure like that's pretty big. But then when it comes to directors, an even bigger stake. Yeah, 45 percent voting rights for directors. That is that is getting very, very close to socialism. So I think it's fair to point out progressives don't love Joe Biden, but they're learning to love his agenda. Some of the far left are actually entertaining the, the, the fact that Bernie Sanders is on his knees. He's, he is begging you, please vote for me. I've got nothing. And the liberals are all leaving. So who's going to vote for Joe Biden? The people who don't pay attention, who are like Democrat, and the, the far leftists who are like, I'll take what I can get? I suppose so. I want to spend the last couple of minutes debunking a stupid meme from somebody who posted something dumb. Jules says Daltsev. I know Jules. I've worked with him and I believe he, po- he, he has. Unfortunately, I'll just be as blunt as I can. Many people refer to Jules as mustachio because he seemingly quit his job as an actual producer of news to a Trump reply guy who then started spitting out half-baked memes that aren't fact check and don't make sense. And personally, I'm saddened by this. Jules and I have worked on, So we, we worked together on some pretty big discovery videos for the discovery networks that did really well. Like how powerful are nuclear weapons? Jules basically crafted that script as I, you know, basically how it works is I'd sit down and be like, here's the thing. Here's what I read. Can we get citations? And we would talk about it. And then he writes up the, the script and then I would read the script. At some point, I guess he decided being a far left Donald Trump reply guy was his path towards success. Well, good for him. He's got a hundred something thousand subscribers and he's produced this meme, which has gotten 3,500 retweets. It's completely fake. It's propaganda for the far left and I'm going to break it down. He tweeted, America clap, does clap, not clap. You get the point. Does not have a far left movement. It literally does. Our far right are fascists. Our center right are extreme nationalists. Our center left are classical conservatives. Our far left are moral centrist moderates. Any objective political compass would place politicians like Sanders and Warren barely left of center. Completely not true. A real far leftist movement would be advocating for forced property seizure by the working class. Instead, our far left is like, don't let people die in medical poverty, please. That's actually not true. You see, our center left is saying, don't let people die in medical poverty, please. It is popular among average Americans. When you actually look at the makeup of the United States, the entire country actually leans in terms of personal politics, slightly center left. When it comes to government policy and politicians, we're actually slightly center right. When it comes to the economic makeup, we're actually slightly center right. We have a mixed economy. Most people are slightly to the left of center. This is true. Barack Obama in 2008 ran on universal health care and didn't get it done. Why? Because there are Republicans in this country and that's how things work. But let's break down what he says. Our far right are fascists. Arguably not true. Although I don't think it matters because you're basically saying fringe extremists are fringe extremists. I think that point is, is irrelevant. Far right could refer to economics. They're not fascists. The ANCAPs are not fascists. In fact, there's videos going around of the Boogaloo boys who are ANCAPs literally saying that much. That's as far as you can go standing in solidarity with Antifa. Why? They're all anti-establishment, not fascist. But if you want to argue that we have far right and, they, and some of them are fascists, sure. Now let's talk about what he says. Our center right are extremist nationalists. That means literally nothing. You can be a far left nationalist. Bernie Sanders for the longest time said he didn't want open borders. So that makes no sense. Our center left are classical conservatives. Literally not true when you have center leftists wanting universal health care or public health care options. That is literally center left. Our far left are moral centrist moderates. When Antifa marches around in in black clad groups, smashing windows, burning buildings down, and demanding that workers seize the means of production. When the Democratic Socialists of America have 72,000 members and are literally advocating for workers seizing the means of production, you're wrong. There is a far left in this country. I highlight this. He says Sanders and Warrens are barely left of center. That is absolutely absurd. But I highlight this to just point out the disparity between what Joe Biden is offering and what the far left really wants. It is true. Joe Biden is not far left at all but he is moving further left than many Americans actually want by embracing some far left ideology. There you go. Now, if you want to know why people are fleeing, I'll wrap it up with this from Jules. Jules doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm sorry. The fact that he thinks far left are centrists shows you why liberals are jumping ship and voting MAGA, because we are a centrist, slightly center right country when you combine all the factors together with a large base of center leftists. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. You may have seen the widely popular viral campaign video from Sean Parnell. He's running for Congress. I believe he's in the Pittsburgh area. He's recently raised a ton of money, likely likely off of this amazingly viral video, and it's resulted in something Kind of weird. He's raised, I believe, something like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars more than the Democrat incumbent. This is incredible news for Trump supporters and Republicans as this dude who's challenging the woke far left and standing up for America and a lot of conservative values is just out fundraising Connor Lamb, the Democrat, by a ton of money. This is fascinating. Well, what do you think happened when uh, uh, the news came out? Connor Lamb spokesman tells congressman's GOP opponent to to burn in hell and die. Wow. Well, politics. eh? let's uh, let's read what's going on with Mr. Sean Parnell, who's doing very, very well. I recommend you check him out. Full disclosure, I did donate to his campaign. Um, To be fair, I donated way more to Democrats. And as we're now entering, you know, the close of the election cycle, I got to put my money where my mouth is. As, the, as we've gone further into this cycle, the Democrats have gone, in my opinion, increasingly insane. The Democrats that I supported were challenging the lunacy of the left. That's for the most part what I was going for. And, ah, uh, man, probably a waste of money. Well, partly because a lot of them lost. Check it out. I donated to Tulsi Gabbard early on because she opposed the Middle Eastern wars. And I was like, hey, man, if that's all I get from it, I'm happy. Well, now that Donald Trump is actually trying to pull the troops out, even Tulsi's supporting his move to try and pull the troops out of the Middle East. I'll take what I can get. And that means Donald Trump. I am not 100 percent saying I will vote for him, but I'm definitely leaning in that direction. But Sean Parnell has talked about a lot of important values as well. And I thought considering he stood up for some things I thought were important, notably standing up to the far left insanity, he's worthy of a a, a donation as well. I believe many people agreed with him. Check this out. Connor Lamb, outraised by P.A. Challenger, Sean Parnell did something few challengers or political novices do. He outraised the incumbent House Democrat he is challenging, even though the 2020 election cycle is not expected to be kind to Republicans. Parnell, a U.S. Army combat veteran, raised an impressive $717,364 in the second quarter compared to Rep. Connor Lamb, a fellow military man who raised $444,184 in his bid to defend his Western Pennsylvania House seat. Quote, An incumbent getting outraised by a challenger is often a red flag in House and Senate races. And Parnell was one of just a handful of Republicans in competitive districts to outraise a Democratic incumbent, said Kyle Kondik, managing editor of Sabato's Crystal Ball, a nonpartisan political analysis uh, from University of Virginia Center for Politics. That's a feather in Parnell's cap. Lamb's victory, uh, Lamb's first victory came in the spring of 2018, when he won a narrow special election race for the old 18th congressional district. Lamb won again, this time easily in a newly created suburban seat in the 2018 general election over fellow Congressman Keith Rothfuss, a Republican. Pennsylvania's state Supreme Court redrew districts mid-cycle in 2018, a move that many argued favored Democrats. Currently, the Pennsylvania House delegation partisan split is nine Republicans and nine Democrats. This is huge. We got more. Check this out. Connick cautioned. Parnell is going to have to run a strong campaign to win as a challenger in this district, particularly if the overall environment for Republicans is poor. Money is a key part of running a strong campaign, although it's not the only thing. In the second quarter of 2018, 56 Democrats outraised Republican incumbents, but less than half of them won. So it's not always a sign that an incumbent is going to lose. Dare I say it is a sign that the polls are wrong and the fundraising may be wrong we may be seeing last ditch efforts from Democratic fundraisers, political action committees and individuals desperately trying to raise money, forming some kind of hard activist base against. uh Oh, I'm going to say it. The silent majority. But when it comes to someone like Sean, the silent majority need not be silent because his viral campaign video was really attention grabbing. and A lot of people stepped up. Admittedly, when I saw that viral video, I thought it was fantastic. I agreed with a decent amount of what he was saying. More importantly, he put out a video after the fact where he it's very, very ominous and he straight up calls out the far left, the destruction of our statues of Jefferson, Washington, and the cultural encroachment of intersectionalism. Not specifically, but I get the point. And I was like, hey, man, we need that. Look, when it comes to voting for Republicans or Democrats right now, we are seeing a large shift of liberals joining the Trump train. I don't know if it'll be enough. They refer to us as the politically homeless. We're liberals. You're socially liberal people. We're urban dwelling left leaning. But the left has gone nuts. So here I am saying I will take what I can get. Give me a principled conservative who agrees with me on shutting down the illiberal intersectionalism, the destruction of our founding fathers, statues of our founding documents. I'm going to go for it, man. I'm sorry. I'm not going to play games. We need someone who's going to stand up to the insanity. And I believe Sean Parnell will do that. So again, full disclosure, I did donate to the guy, but this is serious news. We have somebody who could actually win and take back one of these Democrat seats. They say the district is tailored for either candidate. It ranges from the culturally conservative working class and union households in Beaver County who have seen an economic resurgence thanks to the new ethane cracker plant under construction to the rural and exurban voters in Butler County to the heavily populated, progressive, and wealthy Mount Lebanon suburb of Allegheny County that Lamb calls home. One possible hurdle for Parnell is that this district, because of those suburban voters, may be one of those places that switch from voting for Trump to Biden in 2020. Trump won the district by some 10,000 votes in 2016. Senator Pat Toomey, who ran the same year, won it by just over 16,000 votes. We'll see, man. But I think the Trump train is going to change things. I think you're going to see a lot of people show up for Trump, and they're gonna check mark the R across the board. And that's gonna be big. That's gonna be big, big, big news. Now, what do you think? As I mentioned earlier, the response has been not good. Connor Lamb's spokes spokesman, I believe, is actually Connor Lamb's brother. And I also believe he ain't too happy. Take a look at this story from the examiner. Rep Connor Lamb's campaign spokesman, who was also the con- congressman's brother, retweeted another user's tweet to advocate for the death of Pennsylvania Democrats, <laughs> Republicans opponent. Sean Parnell. Saturday morning, Coleman Lamb retweeted another Twitter user who who wrote, burn in hell and die. Wow. Within the retweet, the elder Lamb added, can add Sean Parnell USA here. Amazing. The burn in hell and die tweet was later deleted by the original user, but a screenshot of both tweets was preserved. It is disappointing that Connor Lamb's brother, a leader in his campaign, would stoop so low as to call for the death of a political opponent. It is a distasteful and hateful rhetoric that is no place in political discourse. Parnell said in a statement. I'll tell you what that right there is why I'm, I'm much more inclined to support someone like Parnell. I don't live in the district. I, I, I know I know I've said it several times. I'm not a fan of outside money flooding in, but this is the way it works in this country. You got outside individuals funding Ocasio-Cortez and Conor Lan. And I saw Sean Parnell and I thought he was a principled guy. I thought his ad was hilarious. I looked at some of his policy positions. I said, "Okay, I'll donate to the guy. I do not completely agree. I'm the milquetoast fence hitter for the most part. Everybody, you know, jokingly says it. It's actually someone commented one time and I thought it was funny, so I kind of pushed it. But when I voted for a lot of I'm sorry, when I when I supported a lot of these Democrats with fundraising, you know, with with donations, I don't agree with a lot of their platforms. It's usually me saying, like, I agree with this or that. So, you know, I'll contribute. Same is true for Sean Parnell. But I'll tell you this right now. I don't care if Sean Parnell believes in a bunch of things that I don't agree with. Now, sure, if the dude was a fringe lunatic like the far left, I'd say straight up no to it. But Sean Parnell just he's an American. He's a vet. He believes something like he's probably got some policy positions. I'm probably like, "Ah, I don't know about that one. So he's for the most part an okay dude. I agree with some of his positions. But look what he's up against. Coleman Lamb can add Sean Parnell here to this list, burn in hell and die. No way, dude. I I do not want anyone who's going to have that kind of rhetoric to be getting the the, the reins in the federal government, even if it's just in Congress. Nah, man, nah, man. I can disagree with policy positions. I can sit down and have a drink with someone like Sean Parnell and be like, no, 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 you're completely wrong about that policy. I disagree. I disagree, sir. And then you know what happens? We get a big old order of wings and nachos and we talk about why we disagree and then we end with not, not agreeing. When I sat down with Glenn Beck in Texas, We talked about pro-life versus pro-choice and I'm pro-choice. And at the end of it, I was like, I understand. I actually agree with the points you're making, but I still see a liberty issue, an ethics issue that puts me on the other side. And we, we end with a handshake and wow, good, good conversation. I don't know how to solve that problem. We have ethical differences, but we agree to live together and try and figure out the best way to understand each other and work and work through this. Coleman Lamb, he can apologize and I'm willing to, it. you know, personally, I'll say, OK, man, you know, if he apologizes. But I'm sorry, dude, if Connor Lamb's uh, uh, going to be part of a campaign where they're even jokingly saying that Sean should burn it, should, should die or even burn in hell. That's a level of rhetoric I'm I'm scared of. I'm not happy with. Look, normally there there may be circumstances where maybe 10 years ago I'd be like, oh, shut up. Moving on. But considering the level of violence, the riots, the extremism. Nah, we can't. We can't support this. No way. You give me any politician and they say I believe in peaceful, nonviolent discussion and and argument. And their opponent says die. I'll say I'll take the other guy. Done. I don't I don't they they can be a religious Christian moral conservative. And I'll be like, as long as they agree to engage peacefully, respectfully and in good faith, give my vote. But if you come out and say die, mm, I don't care what you believe. You could agree with everything I say except that. Nope, sorry, don't care. I'd rather have a bunch of conservatives who are agreeing to sit down with me and have a conversation in charge of the the government than these people, the far left extremists. I'll leave it there. So I wish good luck to Sean. Again, full disclosure, I donated to the guy. That's just just me. Um, But we'll see how things play out come November. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out.